Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and co-host Jake Richmond and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitzed Podcast on this trick-or-treatish night of Halloween, at least while we're recording. No special effects, just scary thoughts from myself and my co-host, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? Well, it's really kind of a, uh, a treehouse of horrors here to uh, be sitting here watching the Chicago Bears, the uh, quote-unquote monsters of Midway, really putting a beating on Sam Bradford, kind of repeating the... Uh, defensive scheme that the Philadelphia Eagles used so perfectly against the Vikings last week. And the Vikings offensive line looks really, really bad this week. But it's actually looking a little bit worse uh, just because they can't seem to keep Bradford upright. The Bears have a decent front seven. They really do, especially when they're healthy. And I think they're healthy now. So They got Freeman and they got Trevathan back, which definitely helps. Yeah. So, anyway, um, you know... I missed the beginning of the game because I was out scaring little ones when they came up to my house for candy. Well, you know what? The beginning of the game was probably scarier than any of their costumes, so you really didn't miss that much. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to do like always, but let's give the um, let's let's throw out a few teasers, tricks and treater teasers for our listeners for tonight. We will, of course, in the next segment, do our Blitz podcast news. Then, following that, we are going to do our daily picks of plays stays and stayaways and value plays then we're going to do a segment that we are going to call tricks or treats for this week um so make sure you stay tuned to catch what that's all about and until we get to that stuff the first thing we have to do is throw it over to harley for this week's blitzed podcast news thank you steve Mark Ingram is once again in Sean Payton's doghouse following a second consecutive week with a fumble. Payton benched Ingram in favor of the imminently less talented Tim Hightower. What this means from a fantasy perspective is now two different fantasy owners can bitch and moan when Payton uses Traveris Cadet, John Kuhn, and various defensive tackles at running back on the goal line. Morris Claiborne will miss several weeks following surgery for a sports hernia. This leaves a huge hole in the Dallas secondary that they will attempt to fill with Orlando Scandrick. We reached out to Scandrick to ask him about this opportunity, and the cornerback, who is best known for his excessive pass interference calls against, stated that he has every intention of helping Dallas break the 23 penalty record that the Oakland Raiders just posted last week. (laughs) 
Wade Phillips was back at team practice today following getting sent away on a stretcher after Melvin Gordon plowed into him on the sidelines during the Broncos and Chargers Sunday afternoon game. Gordon apologized following the game for injuring the longtime coach on the play. Of course, this hit marked the first time all season that Gordon has actually trucked anyone on an opposing defense without fumbling the football. For the second straight week, the NFL had a game end in a tie. Making matters worse for the NFL's marketing department, this tie came in their featured game in London. Of course, this won't hurt the NFL's ratings there nearly as much as it would hurt hit here in the States, because London is used to watching football games and in ties. And finally, the New England Patriots traded one of their better defenders, Pro Bowler Jamie Collins, to the Cleveland Browns for a third-round pick. This trade makes apparent to this reporter that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick finally identified who ratted them out about the deflated footballs. This has been your BPN News Update. Man, that is so true. It's like, what the heck did Collins do? Who Did, did he... Did he threaten to come public with pictures of, some, of something? I mean, I was shocked when I saw that. Maybe he's trying to date Belichick's daughter or something? Yeah, I don't know. Does Belichick even have a daughter? That I don't know either. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I was shocked to see that because, you know what, Collins is one of the better linebackers in the game right now. And, I mean, he's not old. I don't know, but it just doesn't make much sense. But I, I read that it was mutual both ways. Well, what I had seen a little bit about was that it seems like uh, Collins was going to demand a little bit more money in free agency uh, at the end of the season than the Patriots were willing to pay for him. Uh, now obviously, now, if Cleveland is trading for them, one would have to assume that they've got something planned in terms of offering him a contract, maybe make him a centerpiece of their defense. Yeah, him and Kirksey would make a nice one, actually. So, And he like you know he's a fit for what they do there, so... We'll see. Um, this is one I think that might cost Bill, but um, who am I to question a guy that's got as many rings as he does? But for a third rounder, that's what's really surprising. Actually, I, heard, I saw where it was conditional fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Even worse. <laughs> exactly. All right, so talk about worse. Um, does it get much worse having to pull DFS, pay-to-plays, stay-aways, and value plays on a week where 75 teams are on a buy? Exactly. Well, there's some really horrific matchups, and I don't just mean because it's Halloween week here. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, people don't realize before we get on the air, we were chatting a little bit, and I was like, I don't want to play. <laughs> I don't have anybody I don't like, or I, or I, or I hate them all. It's like there's, there's, it's a playing, you know, it's like pulling teeth to find three guys that aren't within five hundred, you know, dollars of each other or something. That's true, and uh, unfortunately, though, uh, DFS gets even more valuable to the hardcore players on these shortened slate weeks because there's fewer combinations of players to choose from. So if you assume there's only six or seven legitimate quarterback options each uh, each week and you take two of those players away, all of a sudden now you've only got four quarterbacks that you really have to compare and contrast. Or yeah. Same with tight ends. Uh, running backs and wide receivers still is fairly deep selection. But, uh, again, it's a smaller slate than normal. So uh, you're going to have a... You really have to hit the proper players, but if you do, there's sure to choose from. Yep. All right, well, let's get right to it. Um, I'll let you start. Who are you paying up for at quarterback? Well, this week I'm paying up for Aaron Rodgers, and 
Should be pretty easy. Indianapolis is allowing multiple TDs in each of their last five games. Potentially no Vontae Davis. It's a good matchup and a good price. And I'm not paying up for anybody. <laughs> I'm just not. I really couldn't find I was going to say I should pay up for Aaron Rodgers like you. But guess what? We're going to move right into stay away because that's who I'm staying away from. I'm staying away from Aaron Rodgers. And it's not that I don't like the matchup, but did you see who he was throwing the ball to this past week? Uh, something called Geronimo. Yeah, so uh, that's where I just go. I can't pay up for that. He had a great he had a great week, and it was you know more than serviceable. And you'd like to think that he could do it again against Indianapolis, but the way that the the league works, I just I see it as a risky play. So I'm not paying up for him. I'm staying away from him. Well, I can agree with that. I'm staying away from Derek Carr. I'm not going to pay up for that 513 yard performance going up against Denver. They've allowed six passing touchdowns through eight games. Uh, Carr will get one or two, I'm guessing. He's going to do better than most teams do against Denver, but that's about all. You're not going to get 513 yards again. No, and I'm not staying away from Carr as my stay-away player this week, but I'm on board with that, and it does impact me down the line with some stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, Who's your value play? Let's see if we're in line Uh, on this. Despite what I've been watching here on this game, I'm going to go with (laughs) Sam Bradford versus Detroit. Uh, Detroit has no pass rush. They have no secondary. Their best linebacker is out, and they're tied for the most passing TDs allowed. And you know what they say. If you can't get it then, you're not going to get it. So Exactly. I'm going to go a little bit different direction, and I don't like playing guys coming off injury, but he's also coming off a bye. Wasn't 100%. I'm going with Joe Flacco. Price-wise, I like Flacco. I like the matchup. I like that he's at home. Um if Ben does come back, maybe it adds a few points to the game where they have to throw a little bit more. Um, just, I think you get a solid game out of Flacco when he's got some upside. I agree with that. How about running back? Running back, I will tell you who I'm paying up to play. I am paying up for a guy that I was so wrong about this offseason. And the major reason I said I didn't like him was because I did not like his team's defense, thinking that they would play hell getting off the field. And they've actually done well, and they've gotten off the field, and they've allowed him to be able to carry the ball and stay in games. And that's Zeke Elliott. No no argument here. He was my pay-up as well. The best running back in football is facing a running back defense that has allowed 161 combo yards per game and 12 running back touchdowns. Over the last two weeks, they've allowed 489 total yards to opposing running backs and five touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah, and he runs angry to he me. I, I see it. It just seems like he runs. He's looking for contact. That contact turns into two to three yards. Um, yeah, I think this could be an ugly weekend in the Gallo house because my wife's a Browns fan. Ouch. Yes, it wasn't very pleasant this weekend either. And then again, most weekends it's not. Um, as she tells me, they're still looking for their first win. So who are you staying away from? Well, again, I'm not chasing stats. And the guy has stats I'm not chasing is Jay Ajahi. Going up against the New York Jets, they only allow running back yards through the air. Only one team has topped 80 rushing yards against them. And and truthfully, Ajahi is not used in the passing game at all. He has eight total catches all season. So you're not going to move the ball on the ground against the Jets, so Ajahi stays on my bench. This is crazy because what what our listeners don't understand is we don't always go down this list and talk about them all. And then there's some weeks where we get on early and we kind of like run through everything to see what we're thinking and – See how we can make the show better. Tonight was one of those nights where we're recording late. I'm all amped up on candy because I was out there scaring the hell out of all the little neighborhood kids. So we didn't talk about any of these at all, correct? That's correct. I'm staying away from Ajay also. 
that's spooky. It is spooky. And it's unplanned, and people probably don't believe that. But I just, he's like the ninth ranked guy in DFS. And I just, I can't do it. I'm sorry. He might be the first guy to rush for 200 yards in back-to-back games, games in NFL history and then gain less than 20 in his follow-up game. I, I totally agree with you there. And so I'm going to actually look at my pay-down player at running back right now, and that's Tim Hightower. We already mentioned that Mark Ingram is in the doghouse of Sean Payton. Uh, San Francisco has allowed 10 running back rushing touchdowns in their last five games. The price seems about right to go with Hightower, even though, again, you've got to worry about guys like Kuhn or Cadet or... Like I said, whatever defensive tackle Peyton decides to line up at running back. But uh, Hightower, if he's going to score, he's going to score this week. Yeah, you know, I like, I like Hightower. I looked at him. What I don't like about him, why he didn't make my pay up, is they're on the road. I know it's San Francisco, but just they're so Jekyll and Hyde-ish. I mean, hey, in the vein of trick-or-treat, I guess. They're so Jekyll and Hyde-ish when they're away from the Superdome. So that's why I didn't go with him, but I like the call. Um, I'm going with a guy that has had a ton of expectation heaped on him by many fantasy players. And now that he's healthy, I think they're expecting more. But he's coming off a bye, so I think his hype calmed down a little bit. Kenneth Dixon, I really think that we're going to see Harbaugh find a way to game plan (coughs) him to where he is a feature piece for them this week against a very suspect Steelers defense. Well, he definitely said he wants to get Dixon more involved, so... This will be his first opportunity. He's had a full week now, plus to a game plan around him. So I, I think you, you're probably onto something there. I hope so. Let's move on. The wide receiver. Um, yeah, go ahead. You give me. You give me your first pay up. Who are you paying up for? It's got to be uh, Antonio. Big Brent, Big Ben seems like he's going to be back. Baltimore has allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns this year. Five of seven games so far, they've allowed more than one wide receiver one touchdown. That's ridiculous. Antonio Brown is primed for a huge game if and when Roethlisberger is under center. Primed, and the fact that I'm not 100% sure what we're going to get from Roethlisberger is why I can't pay up for him. He's not my stay away, but I can't pay up for him because of that. And I'll be honest, I had a hard time finding somebody that was a high enough price based on what we have to make me feel like I picked a pay-up player. So I'm going with Des Bryant. I think he's got a great matchup. His price is, I mean, $7,400. It's almost, you could almost call it a value, basically, for what you get from him, too. But and he's sitting there. He's in the top 10, maybe top 7-ish. So I'm, I'm going to say that that qualifies as a pay-up. I'm going to pay up for Dez. I would agree with that. Uh, I'm staying away, again, not chasing the stats. Amari Cooper, oh. huge game last week. The Denver Broncos this week. Denver has allowed two wide receiver touchdowns this year. Two total. We're on board. Remember I said I'm not staying away from Carr, but that's going to impact something I got down the line? There you have it. I'm staying away from Cooper also. Same exact reasons you detailed. Too much risk, and it's just not worth the upside and, and what the cost is. Well, you know what? So I'm going to go out on a limb with my value play, oh, and I, that is uh, – I, I, I was going to say, I wonder if you're going to be in the same spot I am. Tyreek Hill nope. versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville has allowed multiple wide receiver touchdowns in four of seven games, and Hill has scored in three of his last four. He also seemed to have a bit of a uh, a thing going with Nick Foles, who very well might get the start if uh, Alex Smith's concussion slash not concussion rears its ugly head again. I will tell you that Hill was on my short list, um, but I wound up going for a guy that's the same price on Fanduel. I mean, on DraftKings, and even cheaper on Fanduel. But he's also risky. 
But then again, that's what this is all about, right? Yes. I really wanted to go with his teammate, but his teammate's $1,000 more. So I'm going with Brian Quick. I, I love me some Quick, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all risk. It's, it's, it's a straight-up boom-bust play. Um, but I, th- I see the upside there. So if you're trying to punt and you want to put somebody that's got some of that upside, especially for a GPP, I think he's the kind of guy that probably won't have a high ownership either. Well, it's, it's interesting that you talk about that game because I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here to my uh, sneaky pick as far as a tight end this week, and that is Lance Kendricks in that very same game. Uh, Carolina has allowed the third most touchdowns to opposing tight ends, and Jermaine Gresham and Virgil Green are the only two tight ends to not top 55 yards and or score against them. So, you know what? There's going to be points to be had. Case Keenum might be a sneaky play at quarterback if you need a quarterback uh, fill-in for the week for two quarterback leagues. But if you need a tight end, Lance Kendricks is going to sneakily be right in there, and you're going to get him for the league minimum. Well, I'll start. I'll go with my my value play at tight end. Also, since you just badmouthed him and said he's only one of two players that didn't do well, um, I like Virgil Green this week. As do I. As do I. So <laughs> th- there you go. That's my that's my value play. Who are you staying away from at tight end? Uh, well, I'm going to throw out one more name for the tight end uh, shopping crowd, and that's Austin Hooper. If you're playing in the Thursday night game, I know the uh, Millionaire Maker doesn't have that, and the Millionaire Funds don't play the Thursday game. But if you do, Austin Hooper is going to start. There's going to be no Jacob Tammy. And Tampa Bay is just brutal against tight ends. So uh, the guy I'm staying away from is Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's facing Jacksonville. Only one tight end has scored against Jacksonville. And Delaney Walker is the only one to top 42 yards against him. That was last week. 47 of the 74 yards he got came on one busted play. So if you take that play away, he only had 32 yards. If, If no one else can score against him, I don't like Kelsey's chances. Well, that's kind of funny that you said that about Kelsey because... I'm going to make a point here, and I'm going to tell you that I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey also. <laughs> and then do you want to know who I'm paying up for? What are you paying up for? I'm paying up for Travis Kelsey also. <laughs> basically, Talk what, about a trick and a treat. Yeah, t- I mean, basically what I'm saying is eh, the tight end position is just so, ugh, like how you feel after you've had too much candy tomorrow morning. It's just, it's bad, and... I can't fault anybody if they decided, I want to go to Contrarian and see what I can get with him being at home and he's coming off a big game and maybe he can turn that into something and roll. But I just, well, I hate I hate tight end. I punt and I, I'm i going value plays this week. If you want one tight end that's going to provide enough sugar to even satisfy the, the biggest diabetic in your family, I would say take Kyle Rudolph. He's going to be facing Detroit this week uh, coming up. Detroit has allowed the most tight end scores yeah including at least one in six of eight different games this year. So it, it's almost an automatic that Rudolph will score, and he's probably good for about six or seven catches for about 70 yards too. Yeah, and you know what? I was going to make him my value play, but at $4,000, you're like, okay, that's not bad. That's the fourth high, fourth from the highest tight end. It's just I was like, I can't do it. So, But yeah, no, I like – now, one last comment on Travis Kelsey for those uh, who might be interested in plugging him into your lineup either as a fade or a play. Uh, depends on who starts for uh, the Kansas State Chiefs. Uh, in the game last week, he had a huge line, uh, 11, uh, 10 catches, 101 yards. Uh, all but one of those catches came with Alex Smith at the helm. Once Nick Foles came into the game, Foles targeted him once total, once. That's good to know. Um Another tight end, since we're talking about tight ends right now. Vernon Davis. Pretty impressive what he's done the past couple weeks. 
I don't know if you noticed what I tweeted about him the other night, but what he's done is in back-to-back weeks this year, just now, okay, he's had five or more receptions and 75 or more receiving yards in back-to-back games. He hasn't done that since 2011. He's a young man, right? Spry. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's shocking. I, I, I was like, I want to go back and see when, when's the last time he's had a good game like this. And I was shocked at because he was one of the better tight ends, but he was really inconsistent. And it really makes you look at it and go, wow, the position usually is very inconsistent if your name's not Gronk. And it just it was shocking that he's had such success the past couple of weeks. So I just thought I'd throw that out there and throw on a bye so it doesn't well, matter. People are going to have a hard time at the tight end position this week because both of the New England tight ends, Gronkowski and Bennett, are on bye. You've got the Cincinnati Bengals' Tyler Eifert, who is probably a top six tight end going forward on bye. You've got the Redskins' Jordan Reed on bye. And, of course, Vernon Davis' caddy is also on bye. The Bears' Zach Miller, who's looked pretty good in this game, is on bye. And one of the best tight end plays as far as cheap tight ends goes, C.J. Fedorowicz, who's scored in three of his last four games. He's also on bye. So it really is a house of horrors when choosing your tight end this week. I told you I didn't like it. I don't lie. All right, so that does it for our daily fantasy um, roundup of who we're paying to play, who we're staying away from, and who our value plays are. Now we are going to go into our next segment, our trick or treat. And I've got some players lined up that I'm going to throw at Mr. Schultz here. And we're going to see if they are tricks or treats going forward for the rest of the season. Sounds good. And... I'm going to start off with only one. We're just going to go with one quarterback because quarterback just doesn't matter. They're all tricks. It doesn't matter. There's no treat. Um, Eli Manning, trick or treat? Well, if you were to ask his brother, he would probably say trick because he never seems to be available for that Sunday brunch. But, uh, you know, with the schedule coming up for Eli Manning, it looks really, really favorable. Uh, Weeks 12, he's got the Browns, 13, the Steelers, 14, the Cowboys, 15, the Lions. That's Four second-half teams with pass defenses in the late 20s. Uh, you know, if you've got to have a second quarterback, I think he's definitely second quarterback worthy at that point. And borderline quarterback one, although I'm a little scared about trotting him out there every week. Yeah, he's a streamer. So, I mean, that's why I said I didn't really want to touch on quarterbacks. But I agree with you. That's what you need to look at. And I think he's a treat based on that healthy little run of teams that he faces. So now we're going to move into running back. And... I tried to make these a little difficult, whereas we've seen the best and the worst of this player. So it's really going to be hard to figure out what are we going to get. So you ready? I'm always ready, Steve. Let's start with let's start with a guy that's not played much. Let's start with Doug Martin. Now, Doug Martin is still battling an injury. Uh, we still have no clear timetable for when he's due to come back. However, his main caddy... Charles Sims is likely out for the year, and his secondary caddy, Jaquiz Rogers, is out for the foreseeable future. He was last seen in a walking boot this morning, so they need Martin to get back sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, uh, I just don't see that happening. That means in the short term, we're going to see a lot of uh, Antone Smith and Peyton Barber, both of whom have the capability of doing some pretty good numbers uh, for an offense that faces a lot of easy teams in the second half of the season. So, I mean, I would take Martin, but know that you're probably not going to see him for at least a couple more weeks. And then, again, the matchups are great down the line, but uh, 
how much playing time will he get down the line once uh, Jaquiz is back fully healthy again? And if Peyton does anything, certainly he'll cut into the touches too. And I, I think I have the perfect analogy to describe him. But first I'm going to say it also looks like they are making room um, for an addition at the position. And it sounds like it's going to be Mike James. So I'm not sure how involved he'll be. But here's how I see Martin. The upside's clearly there, right? Yes. That's the treat. The trick is he's got that injury. So if you can stash him, there's no harm, no foul, right? I'd say I'd equate it to, okay, it's, he's Snickers and Kit Kats, they're the real treats, right? <laughs> you reach in the bowl, you get home, and you realize you've got a bit of honey. Ooh. Okay. How about Smarties? Do you have Smarties out there where you're at? Oh yeah, I love Smarties. Don't go don't, don't go them. messing on my Smarties. But like bit of honey that whatever candy grandma would like is what you actually came out of the bag with. So it's a treat, but kind of really not you're not sure. You're gonna save it for when you just don't have anything else left. So I think that's the kind of treat that Doug Martin is. Certainly that schedule definitely is worthwhile though if he can get on the field. Right. And if you can stash him. All right, here's the guy. Talking about getting on the field. He knows how to get off the field. Um, Mark Ingram. (laughs) I kind of wish that the Saints would just trade him. The Saints are going nowhere this year. Mark Ingram could actually be a very effective back in the right situation. There's a lot of teams in this league that need a guy who could be a featured back. But even when Ingram was healthy, Peyton wasn't using him at the goal line, which is just plain stupid. So there's not going to be a clean and clear fix of their relationship this season. If Ingram stays on the Saints, and I assume that's going to happen, uh, I don't like his prognosis going forward, if for no other reason than because New Orleans isn't going to be in a lot of games where they have to feature their running game. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts to try to stay with teams because their defense is so rotten. I'm going to tell you, so you're saying he's a trick. Oh, big-time trick. I'm going to agree with you, and the reason that he's a trick for me is the leash, even when he gets back on the field, is going to be so short. And... He's had fumble issues, so all it takes is one more fumble, and he'll be treated like Brandon Bolden playing for Bill Belichick. You know, or what was the guy's name? Um, ben Jarvis Green Ellis or something like that. <laughs> you know, put the ball on the ground, and you're like, oh, he doesn't see the field. No, Stephen Ridley. That's who it was. I'm yep. sorry, Stephen Ridley. Couldn't seem to hold well, on to the ball. Jonathan Gray. Or yeah, just, it doesn't matter. That's That risk of, of him putting the ball back on the carpet is why he is a trick. So if you can sell him, sell him. Um, it's going to be tough right now, though. Do you imagine how sexy he would be in Green Bay right now? Oh, or Detroit, or any other any other team that's like running back challenged. Hey, Green Bay, especially Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, see, Philadelphia, Detroit. I can see making arguments for it, and we're not sure if they're necessarily a playoff team. I know the record says otherwise, but we're not sure that they are truly there, and they don't want to mortgage the future because they're building in the right direction. But Green Bay, I mean, they truly have a hole, and they've got a window that's closing. You know. So that makes sense, but when it makes sense, it doesn't happen. All right, one more for you. Again, remember, these guys have shown us the best and the best and the worst of what they have to offer. Last one at the running back position, Latavius Murray. You know, I really hate this Raiders situation because everyone is so down on Latavius Murray, but when you look at his stats, his stats actually have been pretty good. He had nearly 1,300 total yards from scrimmage last year. Uh, he's... Just this past week, he only got 16 touches, but he averaged over four yards, but nearly five yards a carry, and that's close to his averages for the season. So, 
you know, he's not doing bad. They just want to get these other guys more involved. The schedule looks daunting on paper. The Panthers, the Texans, the Bills, they all sound like tough teams. But the Texans and Bills are near the bottom in terms of run defense, uh, as are the Broncos, who he faces next week. The Chiefs have been mediocre against the run. Chargers are not that great against pass-catching running backs, which Murray definitely is. And, of course, in Week 16, which is a lot of fantasy championships, he faces the Colts, and they've been gashed by every running back this side of, uh, this side of Matt Jones. So I guess that's your way of saying treat? Uh, you know, I want him to be a treat. And uh, he's kind of like that when you reach in there and you, you see a bag full of Starburst and you end up pulling out the one that's like only got the lemon ones in it. <laughs> I was thinking that he was probably that, that piece of candy that you look at and you go, oh, it expired yesterday. Oh, a stale baby Ruth. Those are the worst. But is it's but I don't have anything else. So what the hell? I'm going to use it. I'm have I'm going at. You know what I mean? That's what I think he is. I I just wish that uh, someone would galuli Jalen Richard and uh, DeAndre Washington, so the job can be Murray's to take hold of and give give him a full uh, rest of the year as the main back there with no other competition, and maybe they'll get the message that he's a good weapon to use next year. Well, I think his major competition is David. Not David. Oh, they're doing it again. Derek Carr. 500-yard Derek Carr. Um, you, you aren't going to say Jamil Olazali or whatever? <laughs> nope. Not even going to attempt it. I'm not even going to try and say CJ Philly, you know what. Fedorowicz. Yeah. I, I'd rather type his name. Um, at wide receiver. Ready to move on wide receiver? Or do you have a running back you want to throw in there that I, no, I left no, off? That's, that's, enough, uh, that's enough horror stories right there. So <laughs> Okay. We'll start off with an easy one. Um, and this one, if you're a fan of this team, I know that he's a treat because everybody in this that's a fan of this team has rose-colored glasses. Um, Des Bryant. I, I had to figure you were going there with that with Des Bryant coming back. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott showed that he could get him the ball, despite the fact that Prescott didn't have a great game last week. It was against a fairly tough Philadelphia secondary. Uh, Bryant is primed for a big second half of the season, whether it be Prescott or Romo under center. I really like him a lot. No no trick there at all as long as he stays healthy. Well, here's the trick. Four catches last night. Four for 113 yards. Four catches. The treat was 14 targets. And if he's going to get targeted, then you're absolutely right. He is a treat for fantasy owners. But Fool me once, you know what I mean? Shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, whatever that thing is. I have to tell you, I'm, I just, I'm not 100% sold, but I still think he has to be a treat. Uh, he's, a, he's a definite treat for me. All right, I'm going to go with somebody that started out the year, probably wasn't expected to be a treat, turned out to be a great treat, then did a roundabout. And you know what? That could be like two different players, I could tell you, and they'd probably fall right in the same same mold here but i'm gonna go with kelvin benjamin oh, i'm glad you brought up kelvin benjamin he's uh he's one of my favorite treats going forward I, i'm buying a lot of receivers both for carolina and for tampa bay their schedules in the second half are really easy carolina's in particular he's got games remaining against the saints the raiders the chargers the redskins and the falcons the falcons in week 16 in your championship game all those games are just juicy now kelvin benjamin he hasn't scored a touchdown in the last three weeks, but he still has a lot of catches. He has five catches for 70 yards, eight catches for 86 yards, and two long catches for 73 yards last week. 
it's not like he's not getting targeted. He got 28 targets over those three games. So he's still getting targets. He's still getting the yardage. The touchdowns will come back. I love Benjamin with the schedule. Okay, there's another treat. This one should be tough. I don't know if it will be, but I think it should be tough. And it might be tough because we as fantasy football players have a hard time saying we're wrong, pretty much, right? I just think that it's hard, it's hard to own up to it. But from an American horror story, straight out of Jacksonville, Allen Robinson. Well, if you want to talk about a true horror story, look at this just horrid list of players uh, that have faced Allen Robinson, and he just hasn't done anything. He did nothing against the Chicago Bears. He did nothing against the Oakland Raiders. He barely registered a touchdown to save his game against the Indianapolis Colts. These are all teams that Robinson should have absolutely schooled. Things are going to get tougher. Next week, he gets to face Marcus Peters. The week following that, he gets to face a Texans team that should have Jonathan Joseph and uh, the other starting cornerback, uh, I can never remember his name, back. Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson, thank you. In fact, he was back this week. Uh, the Lions should have Darius Slay back in time for their matchup. Buffalo Bills after that. The Broncos after that. The Vikings and Xavier Rhodes in the roads to nowhere. First round of your playoffs. Week 15, back to face the Texans again. And week 16, he faces a Titans team that just does not give up wide receiver scores. That is a true murderer's row there. I want nothing to do with Allen Robinson the rest of the way. Straight up trick. All day long. It's hard to disagree with that. And you know what? Even if he didn't have murderer's row with the performance we've seen from him as well as just how bad Bortles has regressed, you'd have a hard time selling me that he'd be a treat. So, yeah, trick, trick, trick. Not going there. The only thing he has going for him is he is averaging over 10 targets a week, so he's still getting the ball thrown at him. Well, that's putting him, like, I don't even know the word I want to use, but thrown at him like his side of the field because that's how inaccurate Bortles has been. I was going to say, Bortles' release is starting to look more and more like Tim Tebow's. That's not a good thing for those that are just starting to watch him play football. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the um, trickeration of the tight end position. So far, how do you like this? I'm enjoying this, uh, although I'm finding we actually have more treats than tricks, which I'm sure our fantasy fans will be happy to hear. Yeah. All right, let's see what we can do here at tight end. Let's go with a Mr. Jordan Reed. Now, you may say, why is Reed in the trick-or-treat? Because the best of worlds is what you get this past weekend and the weeks where you see him with two touchdowns. And the worst would be, I think he's had six concussions in his career. We got to be careful with Reed. Is uh, this weekend with the Halloween celebrations going on? He he might accidentally trip over someone's costume, or he might like step into a jack o' lantern and trip and fall and hit his head and be like done for the year. So you, you always have that to worry about with Reed. And fortunately, like we were talking about earlier, we've seen that Vernon Davis has been a adequate fill in when Reed was hurt. Now going forward, it'll continue for both of them as their schedule is actually fairly easy. But you really have to be concerned about those injuries. Uh, so, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not super super high on Reed again because there's so many quality streamable tight ends. And looking at last week's performance, he had a good game last week. He's going into his bye this week. If you can kind of sell high on that return to form last week, I'd do it. 
Yeah, that's not a bad way to look at it. Um, that would make him a treat if you could sell him high and get something back. I'll also tell you that because it is so deep and it is so streamable, I'd find it hard for you know people that want to keep him and say, I'll deal with it as long as he's healthy, he's worth it, and if, if something happens, then I'll go into that deep old well that you just talked about. So I'd say he's a trick and a treat. I would agree with that. Let's move on to another guy who I don't think he's ever fulfilled his potential, but he shows us glimpses of it. I also think he may be related to Jordan Reed somewhat, and that is Mr. Eric Ebron. Related to Jordan Reed? I, do you just mean in terms of injury proneness? Yes, 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 yes. Of course I do. Uh, well, here's the thing. So one thing's for certain with Eric Ebron. If he plays, bench Anquan Bolden. If, Bolden, if, if Ebron doesn't play, start Anquan Bolden, because Bolden seems to score in every single game Ebron is not on the field. But aside from that, Ebron has a so-so schedule coming up. Two games against the Vikings. Vikings don't allow anything to opposing tight ends. Jaguars don't allow anything to the tight ends. He faces them. Saints have actually, as bad as their defensive secondary has been, have actually been good against tight ends. Uh, The Bears are holding Kyle Rudolph in check here this week. A lot of tough matchups for uh, Ebron going forward, and there's no guarantee he's going to stay on the field. Plus, Stafford has a lot of weapons to throw to, including Theo Riddick, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., and, of course, the aforementioned Anquan Bolden. So that would be a trick. Definitely. Okay, one last one for you, and we're going to wrap this puppy up on Mr. Zach Ertz. You would bring up one guy that that hurts me very much. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. I I got so much Zach Ertz this uh, this offseason because I loved his finish the last season. I loved the way he was being used at the end of last season. I loved the fact that I thought he was going to really break out this year. Zach Ertz, you're dead to me. Such harsh words there, Harley. No, not at all. I, you know, I would rather face Norman Bates, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger than trot Zach Ertz' undead corpse onto the field one more time. Okay, so that's harsh. Yes. Well... I mean, you're saying that you loved his end of season. Who didn't? Um, you do realize his coach from last season was gone. Yeah. You do realize that he got a, a coach that came from Kansas City. Who um, tended to ignore Travis Kels. Yes, yes. Um, and who doesn't have his quarterback throw more than four yards downfield. You know, I really thought the rookie quarterback would tie in nicely. I did, too. I did, too. I'm just trying to save some face here. No, he's a trick. Of course he's a trick. There's not anybody that would disagree with us. Um, But tight end, like we said, it's deep. There's not much outside of Gronk that's got the upside, so let somebody else have the headache. Um, Tell you what, after doing this, I really, really enjoyed the running back segment, so I've got an idea for next week. How about we put something in play next week called, I don't know, backfields in motion? Well, you know, there's been a lot of changing, cha-cha-cha changes going on in the backfields of NFL teams. So I think that's a good way to kind of lead into next week. Okay, that's what we'll do. We'll, We'll call it a date. So let's just get right at it and say, hey, look, thanks for joining us this week. Hope you guys got far more treats than tricks, um, unlike the tricks that the Philadelphia Eagles got this past um week by the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, with the show, give us plenty of treats over at iTunes, subscribe, rate and review us, all that wonderful stuff. Listen, you can um, follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. And of course, you can follow myself at Steve Gallo NFL. And as always, 
eat your candy responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.